0: Welcome to another edition of Unbiased Boxing Talk with the IBFP. And I got my special guest, Miss Spicy, in the building. Hey, y'all. Now, look, let's break it down honestly and objectively as possible. And we have quite a few topics to touch on and so much to go over. So, look, let's just dig right into it. The first thing we're going to break down is Robert Garcia's statements saying that he believes Isaac Cruz can beat Devin Haney. First off, I'm gonna give this to Miss Spicy Boxing. What do you think about that fight?
1: I think that would be a great fight if if it actually happened. I don't know if it will, just because I don't necessarily see Devin Haney taking on any any challenges that would put him at risk. Um, but I think that would be a great fight. I mean, we all saw how he gave Tank, um, you know, a run for his money, right? He he was. Applying that pressure, and I think that same pressure is something that would get uh, Devin Haney. He's not used to someone coming at him like that, and you know he's just used to someone that's just standing there, not moving, and then him just you know being able to to hit at his leisure
0: and and one of the reasons why Robert Garcia thinks that you know Isaac Cruz can beat Devin Haney is that he believes that Isaac Cruz has great power, a great chin, and he just keeps coming like a street fighter. He also states it's going to be hard to beat Pitbull. He believes Devin Haney can outbox him for three rounds, but it's gonna be hard to do it for the full 12 rounds. Now, I have to agree with the analysis to a you know a little bit that Haney's gonna be able to outbox him at some points. In other points, Pitbull Cruz, his pressure, his aggression, his style, his power, his speed, all of that is going to cause major problems for Devin Haney. That's why I can see that fight being 50 50, a pick'em fight, because stylistically, That is an enormous challenge for Devin Haney, a guy who's not known to have a lot of power. What are you going to do to keep this pressure fighter off of you? You're going to be moving the whole fight, trying to deter him. And what happens when he gets through? Because he's throwing so many shots, some are bound to slip through. What are you going to do when you're cornered? Yes, there's going to be moments where you're going to outclass him in certain rounds, but other rounds, the pressure is going to be clear that Isaac Cruz has controlled that round. The key to this fight for Isaac Cruz is being able to hit him cleanly enough times to either hurt him, break him down, or slow him down. And I think body shots would be key for Isaac Cruz as well. What do you think about that?
1: I think it all comes down to the volume because that's how Devin Haney beats most of his opponents, right? It's the volume.
0: And also the jab.
1: in the jab. But I think that if... If it looks good, I think it really goes off perception. If we are able to see that Isaac Cruz is not only applying that pressure, but that the volume is there and he's the aggressor, I think it'll look good for him.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and look, let's keep it going because we got some other topics to dig into. I think it's a 50-50 fight. I could see it either way. Devin Haney or Isaac Cruz, what's your analysis on the fight? If it were to happen.
1: I think I would still edge it a little bit towards Haney. I would do probably a 60-40, but make no mistake, I think Isaac Cruz has de- definitely has a shot.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. That's a great analysis, and I appreciate you coming on, Miss Spicy Boxing. Uh, the next one we're going to dig right into is Caleb Sweet Hands Plant, stating that he wants a rematch with Canelo Alvarez, and he's willing to clear out the whole division of 168 to get that rematch, and he was asked, Specifically, if he would fight Demetrius Bubul Andre and he stated I would fight him, I would fight anybody to clean out that division, but he would absolutely take that fight with Demetrius Bubu-Andre. Now, obviously, we know that he says he'd fight Benavidez. He says he'd fight Jamal Charlo. But the interesting key here to me is the fact that he's talking about he'll fight Demetrius Bubu-Andre. When you have so many boxing, I would like to say fanboys out there who believe that Demetrius-Andre is some sort of boogeyman, a guy that's to be avoided, a guy that's to be feared, what do you think that another fighter, aside from Janabek, you know, who's went on record, Caleb Plant said, hey, I'll fight him. Absolutely, no problem. Easy, let's go. You know, the fact that another fighter is openly, blatantly stating that he'd fight Demetrius Andre. Is it time to put this boogeyman talk to bed?
1: It really is time. And I think that fight particularly is a fight that could be done. See, when you're talking about Caleb Plant and then, you know, fighting Benavides, fighting Charlo, I think those fighters are, those fights are harder to make just because they're under the same promoter, right? And the same umbrella. But I think if it's a Demetrius Andre fight, I think that would be not only an interesting fight, but an exciting fight to watch just because they're so similar with their style.
0: Now, most people would disagree with you on that because the fact that they're under the same promoter, they would say those are easier fights to make. But the reason your logic, I would assume is saying that, well, if they were so easy, why haven't they happened? Exactly. And, and, and why haven't, you know, David Benavidez fought Jamal Charlo? If all of these fights were easy to make, they should have already happened. They would not be years in the making. And and so I understand that premise, and I don't think a lot of people think like that, but that's a very good point you bring up. So if Demetrius Andre and Kayla Plant had it all on the line, do you believe that Demetrius Andre would take that fight with Kayla Plant? Because we've seen in the past with Demetrius Andre, he stated in reference to It Is Landy Lottet, that he has a very boring style. He wouldn't do anything interesting in the fight. Now, that's funny, coming from a guy like Demetrius Andre, who has one of the most right. atrocious styles in boxing to call anybody boring. Right. But the interesting thing about it is he calls those styles boring. He's never fought a slick fighter. He's never... he He's considered a slick fighter, but he's never fought a slick fighter. And a lot of slick fighters don't fight other slick fighters. Mm-hmm. I've never seen... Think about this. I've never seen Floyd fight another slick fighter. I've never seen uh, Andrade. I've never seen Lada. I've never seen Floyd Mayweather. I've never seen, you know, a lot of these guys, Chris Stevenson, Devin Haney, all of these supposed slick fighters. I've never seen these guys fight other guys with a similar style. And I think that this would be a great fight. The fact that Andrade had already rejected and turned down a fight against Idris Landy Lada in the past, calling him boring, wanting to fight a regular champion instead of the real champion of the division. It kind of shows me that he's not interested in fighting those style of fighters. He may only want to fight style of fighters that benefit him. Mm -hmm. What do you think, or am I all wrong on this or do you see it a different way?
1: No, I I think that that fight absolutely may not happen just because Andre is going to come up with the same excuse. The file's too boring or some other excuse. Maybe now he's injured again. I don't know. I, I don't really don't expect much from Andre, but I think that if he really wants a challenge, if he really wants that ultimate payday with Canelo, he needs to take a risk. He is how old now? 30, 34,
0: 30,
1: 34 years old. And he's, next
0: year in February, I believe he's going to be 35.
1: So, I mean,
0: effectively out of his prime right now, or at least yeah. next year, you got to be honest. Time
1: is not on his side. So he, if he wants to potentially be something, he needs to take the risk now.
0: And, and that's what it's really all about. You got to take risks in boxing to be great. And, you know, I find it funny, and I'm just going to put a little interlude in here. I find it funny that people try to blame Canelo for every fight that Demetrius Andre had to, well, you know, every time I get into a debate with somebody, they say, well, Andrade hasn't fought anybody because Canelo won't fight him. Canelo has nothing to do with your entire career. Did nothing. He didn't have anything to do with you avoiding the fight with Janabek. He didn't have anything to do with you avoiding the fight with Itislandy Lada, Sergei Devrienchenko. He didn't have anything to do with any of those fights. Jamel Charlo, he had nothing to do with those fights. So what the hell are you talking about? Stop blaming Canelo for all of the fights Andrade messed up.
1: It's all on him and right now it's just excuses. That's that's what he does. Everything he he wants to put an excuse for. It's Canelo's fault. It's this fault. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't get that fight. I mean, he's begging on stage, right? Give me a fight. But you're not you're not asking. You're not looking for it because Janabek was right there for the taking and what did you do?
0: And and it's not that is Janabek is just right there for the taking. Yes, your title's on the line, but it's not only just that, but the boxing world is calling for it. Boxing fans all over are saying, hey, take this fight, take this fight. There's never been a demand to ever see a Demetrius Andre fight from the masses in boxing. I've heard from thousands of fans that they want to see Demetrius Bubu Andre versus Janabek. That's the fight they want to see. Janabek wants to take it. He wants to unify the middleweight division. Demetrius Andre said he only wants big fights. That's a big fight. And it happens to be a mandatory. It happens to be the most dangerous mandatory you had. You could get a lot of clout off of that fight by taking that fight, showing the world you're fearless because this is the one dangerous mandatory you ever had, and you move up to avoid him. And before you moved up, this guy tried to fight Chris Eubank, another 160-pound fighter, a guy who nobody regards as dangerous and who's fighting literally a Walter weight in his next fight. What the hell are we talking about? So don't ever tell me this guy moved up to be great. Oh, he's moving up to chase Canelo. How you called out Chris Eubank and then dropped the belt from Janabek. It doesn't make any sense. You're willing to fight Chris Eubank, but not Janabek? So it's not boo boo
1: because he's feared. It's boo boo because he fears everyone else.
0: And and look, and and here's the thing, and and I'll give Andrade some praise here. He's a good, talented, quality fighter. He has a lot of great attributes. And I, there's points where I've always been a fan of the guy to a degree. But at the same time, I just can't get behind the ducking and fear narrative because it doesn't make sense. There's a lot of fanboys who want to promote some type of fanboy narrative, and I just can't do it. I can't do it. Screaming loud in Spanish like a lot of these channels out here are doing, I don't do that. I'm just going to be honest and unbiased. I'm not going to get in my field. Ay caramba, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to tell you what the facts are. I'm not going to get in my feelings to my 20 subscribers and get sad. I'm not <laughs> going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to be honest and unbiased about the facts. That's all I'm going to do. So uh, do you what? what's the likelihood, if we were giving percentage, on you ever seeing a Demetrius Andre Caleb Plant fight at 168 pounds, um, you can go first?
1: I would probably say it's about... Maybe a thirty percent. The reason why I say thirty percent and not zero is because I don't think it's fifty fifty at all. I think it's too much risk for him. I I would say thirty just because they would say like he would he would think about it more of if I fight Caleb Plant, then ultimately I can get the Canelo fight. And and honestly, to me, that's that's what it looks like when I see Demetrius Andre. He's all about the payday.
0: And I, I I'll give it a twenty five percent chance myself because I think that he'll try to exhaust every option that's easier to avoid any difficult challenge before he can get a massive payday. I think at this point he's only looking for a massive payday. I mean, this is a guy who was like, you know, saying I'll fight Chris Eubank, I got a million dollars for him. But everybody's asking for the Janibek fight. There was more of a demand for Andrade and Janibek, than I there was to see that fight too. But but that's what I'm saying. There's more of a demand for Andrade Janibek than Andrade. Eubank. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to see that. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about that. We don't want to see you fight Billy Joe Saunders leftovers. We don't want to see you fight a guy who's fighting a welterweight. No one's interested in Chris Eubank right now. Let's just be honest. At least not in America. So at the end of the day, and that's not even a massive fight globally. So you should have fought Janabek. You should have showed that you were fearless. That's what we really wanted to see. The one time you could live up to your name and reputation as supposed boogeyman, and you can't even do it. No one wants to hear this. Yep. No one. I'm sorry. Let's, let's get to the next topic. Now we get on to David Benavides. David Benavides has recently come out in an interview, according to BoxingScene.com, where he references Archer Better be of, and he envisions a future showdown. And he states, you know, Archer Better be of, he's a tough fighter. He's the top dog at 175. And it was just amazing the way he took Joe Smith Jr. apart, who was another world champion. And that was an excellent performance. And you're right. Right now, he's a unified champion. He has to be considered the top dog at 175. Mm-hmm. Although there's some people that believe that Demetrious Bovold yeah. is the best. Both of these guys are both tremendous fighters, regardless of what you think of either one. And he also goes on to state, you know, I think it, I would have to get a couple of fights before I can get a fight with him. <laughs> he also states, I don't want to go up and, you know, just take a title shot. I got to go up the ranks and I got to respect boxing. Now, my thing is, what great fighter have you ever heard that said specifically, I don't want to go up and take a title shot? You know, this is a David Benavides, who's physically a bigger fighter than Archer Bia who's physically a bigger fighter than Canelo Alvarez, a bigger fighter than Dmitry Bivol, but you don't want to go up and get an immediate title shot? You're an undefeated fighter saying nobody wants to fight you and you've already had trouble making weight at 168? You belong this- in
1: 175. So so that's I think that's the most hypoc- hypocritical thing to me is that it's okay for Canelo to go up, right? And not have any practice, not try, you know, to fight someone else. But it's but he needs practice. He needs a couple of fights under his belt before he change before he goes up a, up against this this tough fighter. Bivol is arguably, you know, on the same level as better. You could say he's the same yeah. or better. So why why are why do we put so much on Canelo, right? But we can't do the same for this guy.
0: And and you know. The the one phrase I like to always coin and say is keep that same energy. And a lot of these 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 boxing sites, these media guys, they don't like to keep the same energy. They don't like to to, to keep it honest and unbiased. You know, they they like to hound on Canelo, talk trash, and these are the same guys that are saying, "Oh, Canelo's ducking David Benavides." Now, I've never heard. Now, here's a new narrative: Canelo's ducking David Benavides. He's ducking Jamal Charlo. He's ducking Dimitri Boval, and he's ducking Gilberto Sordo Ramirez. So how are you ducking four fighters at the same time? That literally makes zero sense. Canelo Alvarez actually entered in a contract with Dimitri Boval, Triple G, in a potential rematch at the beginning of this year. Everyone knew that. So how can you be ducking Charlo? How can you be ducking Ramirez? How can you be ducking uh, Boval? I, I, none of these things make sense.
1: You're ducking these people on, in different weight classes. <laughs>
0: And, and, and none of this makes sense. It doesn't. I mean, these guys are looking for a reason to hate on Canelo, to talk down on his name. And I'm not a guy that's going to be like, well, the narrative is popular, so I'm just going to go with it. You can either be educated or you can be stupid. It's literally a choice. You're choosing to be an idiot or to be smart. I can't make you choose the smart road. If you want to be stupid, maybe this podcast is not for you. Maybe you need to go find somebody that yells and screams in Spanish. Maybe you need to go find somebody who's, uh, you know, who sits around his mom's basement and makes YouTube videos that are clickbait. This is not where you're going to get that from. You're going to get the absolute truth. You're going to get honest and unbiased boxing talk. And I'm going to tell you the facts, whether you want to hear them or not. They're not always easy. A lot of people don't always like to hear the truth, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. And I think the fact that David Benavides explicitly stated, I don't want to go up and just take a title shot that shows you that his heart, his mind, and his belief in himself is not in the same stratosphere as Canelo Alvarez, who went up and fought an undefeated prime world champion in Dimitri Bivol right away. There's no comparison. Don't ever compare these two again. It doesn't make any sense. Now, in David Benavidez's mind, we've seen him dropped by a C-level fighter in Ronald Gabriel. We've seen his defense be trash. And we've also seen Arthur Beterbiev. You know, beat up Joe Smith Jr. in two rounds. So, is it fair to assume that if David Benavides, who has no defense, who's been dropped by a C level fighter, goes up in weight, fights Archer Better who's absolutely a monster and a killer with elite power, probably the best I've ever seen mm-hmm. in, in 75 or 68, and yet he fights him, wouldn't it be fair to assume that Archer Better would tear David Benavides a new asshole? Of course.
1: I mean, that. <laughs> I don't even have to see that fight to know what the outcome is because I'm sorry, that, that's a, that's a clear, easy knockout for better BF.
0: And, and, and look, and, and not to divert away, but I am want to touch on this because this was really something interesting is that I got this, uh, this comment and I really want to address it. Well, before I can address the comment, let me address everything around it. The first thing is Andy Reese jr. I did an interview with Fight Hub TV. Shout out to Fight Hub TV. Shout out to Marcos Villegas. Uh, and if you talk about it, you see that Andy Reeves said he wants to return to Eddie Reynoso and train for a potential Oslander-Usyk fight. So when he moves up in competition, he's considering returning to Eddie Reynoso. That's what he would like to do. And it makes sense. Eddie Reynoso is an elite trainer, all of that. Uh, you know, Andy Reeves was getting semi-outboxed by Luis Ortiz. He had three knockdowns in the fight of Luis Ortiz. So he, he he showed he had power, but at the same time, he looked kind of poor at points, mm-hmm. getting out box, getting hit too easily. Um, you know, those are things that he needs help with. And if you're going to fight a guy like Deontay Wilder, where you can't afford to take that big shot from that big right hand, you need a defensive-minded coach like Eddie Reynoso, a guy who can take away a big shot. Think about it like this. We've seen Eddie Reynoso do this with Frank Sank. Frank Sanchez and F.A. Jagba, where F.A. Ajagba was trying to land the big shot on Frank Sanchez the whole time. And Eddie Reynoso, a defensive-minded coach, had Frank Sanchez go in there and dominate the fight simply by taking away his power shots. Mm-hmm. That's what you need, and that's what makes sense, because you can't make those simple, subtle mistakes as you move up in competition. I mean, Luis Ortiz, everybody you fight ain't going to be 43 years old. Everybody you fight is not going to gas out. And and as you go up in competition, guys get better with punching placement and power and footwork. Something Andy Reeves also is not very good at. So you, you gotta think about this. But I say all that to say this. I got a comment from Richard Castaway, and he said, When Andy Reeves was with Eddie Reynoso, he got dropped. Andy is only six foot two. He needs extra weight to take and give a shot. So basically, he's saying Andy Reeves Jr. lost weight when he was with Eddie Reynoso. Mm-hmm. And he got dropped with Eddie Ray And basically, he's also saying he's not a big heavyweight. And he needs that extra weight to take the shot and not get dropped and hurt.
1: So why would he go back to Eddie Ray some
0: Th- That's his comment. Mm-hmm. And-, and Richard Castaway, he's a loyal subscriber. So much respect to Richard Castaway if you're listening. And this is no means any disrespect towards you. This is just me keeping that same energy with you that I do with everybody else. Now, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. One of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Now, understand that Andy Reese wants to weight so he doesn't get dropped. All I right. believe in my heart that's why he put on that, all that weight for Anthony Joshua all so right. he wouldn't get knocked out. I agree. But my, and for the rematch. But he says he was with Eddie when he got dropped. He got dropped in the first Anthony Joshua fight, and that's a fight he won and became unified champion. So in the best performance of his career, he got dropped and got back up and kept going. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Getting dropped is not the end of it. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And so at the end of the day, even though he got dropped with Eddie, he also got dropped with Manny Robles when he got dropped early in the first Anthony Joshua fight. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Getting dropped in his biggest moment, in his best fight, and no one even talks about that. It doesn't matter. And he was at his high weight at that point, not even with Eddie Reynoso. So he's been dropped before. Mm-hmm. He's been dropped with AJ. He's been dropped with Ariola. And in the heavyweight division, any one shot can change the whole fight.
1: Well, how do you correlate getting dropped in your chin to your trainer.
0: And, and and the only thing I guess he's saying is the weight, but at the end of the day, no fighter's gonna fight at a weight that he's not comfortable mm-hmm. with. So the fighter has to be okay with the weight. The trainer wants to implement strategies and tools and and fix issues. So at the end of the day, you know, I don't I don't see how it would make sense to try to criticize Eddie Reynoso in any way. Um, at the end of the day, Andy Reese even stated, just like Canelo and Eddie Reynoso that Andy Rees was not coming to the gym, he was not being fully dedicated under his tutelage with Eddie Reynoso. So if you weren't being fully dedicated, you weren't always in the gym, you weren't always working, how would we blame him for your poor performance against Chris Ariola? That
1: that was all that was all Reese. that had nothing to do with Eddie. But I do think that Eddie can can help him out especially with the defense. Um you know, we all know that uh, Andy Rees has really fast hands, but that's really about it. You know, I I mean, he he was getting out boxed by by Luis Ortiz. He definitely needs some help.
0: He definitely needs some help, especially as you move up in competition because you're not beating Tyson Fury, you're not beating Deontay Wilder, and you're not beating Oslander Usyk fighting that way because those guys can dominate you. And and as far as Deontay Wilder, I've always thought his hand speed would be too much for Deontay Wilder, but the fact that he doesn't move his feet and the fact that, yes, he's going to win rounds against Wilder, but the moment he drops his guard, it's over. Because he cannot, he cannot go through the entire fight. And he he doesn't have the footwork to go through the entire fight to avoid that right hand. He does does not have that ability. I've never seen that from him. And not only that, how fat is he going to have to come in to this fight against Deontay Wilder? Because he said, hey, I put on weight so I wouldn't get dropped. How fat are you going to have to be to fight Deontay Wilder to not get knocked out or dropped? How fat are you going to have to be? You're going to have to be 600-pound life. That's the only way. And then you really ain't going to be able to move. And then when you lose the fight, you're going to blame that as the excuse as to why you lost. Same with Anthony Joshua fight. We understand what Andy Ruiz is doing. Mm-hmm. This guy was a one-hit wonder. He's a fluke, and he was vastly overrated. Exactly. Although I think he's a good fighter, I think he's a quality fighter, he has some major flaws and deficiencies. And if he's smart, he'll get with a great elite trainer like Eddie Ray who can help him figure it out.
1: I agree 100%. I really do think that ultimately that's why, you know, Eddie Reynoso had had him losing weight. He needs him to move.
0: Absolutely. And I'm going to ask your prediction on this. What's your prediction on any potential Andy Ruiz, Deontay Wilder fight right now? How do you see it going?
1: Oh, man. I think ultimately I would say 50-50, but I would have to favor Deontay Wilder just because, man, if that right hand lands, it's over for Ruiz.
0: And, and, you know, I used to say Andy Ruiz would beat Deontay Wilder clearly after he got off the Anthony Joshua uh, victory, but Right now, I'm just going to tell you. And, and there was points I had at 50-52 because Deontay Wilder is so unskilled, mm-hmm. so undisciplined, so terrible at times. So I'd have to be honest, and I would have to tell you, I have it 60-40 Deontay Wilder. And, and because Wilder has shown that he can take a beating for multiple mm-hmm. rounds, and all he has to do is land that right hand, and I don't know how fat Ruiz is going to come in. He's not going to be able to move. Oh, he's
1: going to put on some weight. Not only that, though. What does Deontay Walder have to lose? Nothing.
0: Nothing. He's he's already lost everything he has to lose. And and Andy Reese doesn't have the footwork to, to, to move around and avoid getting hit. Or the head movement. Mm-hmm. You, you're not going to learn that in one camp. Right. And you can't go away from Eddie. You can't be undisciplined. Things that he's shown throughout his career. You can't try to fix everything in one camp to go into Deontay Wilder. You're going to make that mistake. Deontay Wilder proved that. You can't fix all his flaws in one camp to beat Tyson Fury you can't do it it does not work same with Anthony Joshua with Usik you can't do it these are things you have to practice camp after camp after camp that's why guys take multiple fights to build up to figure out what flaws they have to try to fix them yeah. um, but once again it's honest and unbiased with the IBFP Miss Spicy Boxing Salute because men lie women lie but the facts don't lie